Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Judging Nerd Culture, the podcast where we talk about all the good and bad things. <laughs> I'm Jess. And I'm Ollie. Uh, I know we ha- that there's a consistent intro that I could say. I've learned it. I've mastered it. Yeah. I do like just fucking it up on purpose. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Uh, and up every now and then. Exactly. Monotony and all that. So anyways... <clears throat> We are here to talk about another, another life. life. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, it's a more recent, a little bit newer. It's a Netflix series uh, about space travel and the, the let's say, debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's made by Aaron Martin, who is also the creator of... Uh, he's a writer on Degrassi? What? Oh, God, that Hold makes so on. much sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Hold on. <laughs> wow. That's all I gotta say. I remember I loved JT so much, but... Is this the original Degrassi or the new stuff? Well, it's uh, Degrassi, the next generation. It's JT, Liberty, a spinner... Oh, it's, um, it's a whole crew. It's a good guy. Yeah, those of you who don't know what Degrassi, the next generation, is, it is a Canadian drama series, I guess, teen drama, of a bunch of high school kids, and it is the worst and the best at the same time. Uh. But anyway, he, he's apparently a writer on that. Um, he's known for Slasher, uh, Killjoys, um, Best Years, Saving Hope. I've heard of Saving Hope. Yeah, so he's he's done, he's done a bit. Done a, a number done of a pretty bit. big things. Um, I wasn't expecting Degrassi because it's so far away from outer space, you know, <laughs> and aliens. Um, yeah, but, but the high school drama of it all, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Uh, like this is just more well planned and more uh, well executed high school drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean that in the best way. I really do. <laughs> So, <laughs> so it stars Katie Sackoff. Um, she's played in Battlestar Galactica, Riddick as a doll, oh, Oculus, Halloween Resurrection, mm. the Cl- Star Wars Clone Wars as Bo Katan Chris? 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 I think. I don't know. Um, so she's she's pretty well known, especially for the Battlestar Galactica. So people really like her, and they were really excited for her to go back into space in this new TV show. Like, it came out on Netflix July 25th on my birthday. Ooh. Happy birthday to me. Um, however, it only has a 4.5. I really liked it, and I looked up um, trying to find, like, on Tumblr, on Instagram, things about it, like fandom sort of pages. And a lot of people were either... Hot for Tyler Hodgson because of Teen Wolf. Um, <laughs> or really hyped about Zayn and Bernie. Or really sad because they thought it was really stupid. <clears throat> and that Katie Sackhoff could, you know, do a, a better job. Not as an actor. She's great in the show. But, like, at picking what to be in. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, that's unfortunate. I genuinely, a spoiler, uh, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh it was fun. It it had its 
plot holes and of course the science behind it was ridiculous oh no all of the science was wrong yeah but it's a sci-fi show like (laughs) they have to make up ridiculous things so that they can forward the plot there's aliens it's like 2026 or something (laughs) so like they're using words that aren't real and doing science that doesn't make sense yeah uh so the, the the star of the show uh Nico Breckenridge she's basically the world's best astronaut yeah she led a previous uh expedition into space to Saturn i believe but something went wrong and she had to make a sacrifice which killed off 10 of her crew members so kill a few to save a lot more was her choice or everybody dies basically um and so back on earth she was known for being a part of the pilgrimage which was the name of the the ship um and being the hero but she kind of felt bad about it because she got 10 people killed so uh that's kind of how people recognized her in her world and then the government was like, hey, this artifact that just came to Earth, we need to know more about it. We need to make sure these aliens are good or bad. We want to know what they want from us. So take the Salvari, which for the first half, I thought they were saying Safari. <laughs> but take the Salvari <laughs> really good. and this crew to the planet of whatever alien this is. And try to make some sort of connection, communication with them. And she goes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> she has a husband, played mm-hmm. by Goku. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, if anyone remembers uh, that horrible, horrible movie that just shouldn't have existed and doesn't really to the minds of many. Hmm. Uh, the guy who played Goku. Justin uh, Chatwin. Plays her husband in this one. Yes. I'm, remember her husband's name eric like, yeah eric oh, yeah, cool and uh <laughs> he's also in a lot of other good shows like war of the worlds he plays the sun uh shameless yeah he's definitely had better roles he's done a better job since then and before then it's just one of those things yeah <laughs> just one of those things or- orphan black american gothic yeah he's been in a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. and uh I forgot, you know, pretty much all of that. But in this, uh, in this particular showing, he does a really good job of being the, I don't know, sort of displaced husband, like supporting his wife in any way he can, but also kind of upset that she left for space. Mm-hmm. Sort of like an an abandoned feel. Yeah, and like because she didn't have to go. Nah, she said she did, but she wanted to go. She she wanted to go. There was probably a part of her that was like, man, if I don't go, I'm really good at this. And I can make sure things hopefully go as planned. But then I'll... there was a part of her that was like, I want, just want to go back to space. Yeah, and I want to meet the first aliens. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Yeah. She also has a daughter. Yeah. Named Jana. 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 Why okay. are you saying it that way? I'm just having a hard time. It's just a bad day for me with words. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> She flies off into space. Abandoning her daughter, Jana, and loving husband, Eric. Yeah. Um, this artifact, though, it's like 
it came down as some sort of metal donut looking infinity loop it's a specific shape that I don't remember the name of where it's an arc an arcing wave a wave signature that is circular yeah so it closes in on itself but it's just a frequency signature i forgot there's a specific name for that but when it lands it like crystallizes and becomes what they figure out as some sort of beacon way to communicate with the planet and with themselves like a probe like if earth were to shoot out a probe and it landed on a different earth that's basically what it would be Mm -hmm. you know if mars had any people on it this would be our artifact there would be that would be their artifact there's a little probe on there um but it sends everyone in a bit of a tizzy and they decide they really need to get people out there to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. so uh this is a bit like there's only 12 episodes but a lot happens yeah and going through it all is gonna be yeah a bit of a of a ordeal so i think i'd rather highlight the points yeah highlight some stuff maybe talk about some fun character moments Mm -hmm. but that would involve getting to know some of the characters Mm. so uh who's the main cast here who's who's important okay so we've got uh aj rivera who plays bernie martinez and he is like the biologist um or some sort of scientist it doesn't say exactly what kind of science or biology he does i think it's more like having to do with agriculture and that sort of thing like that maybe yeah like studying the the soils and the plants of each planet or whatever but he is also from this is us as donnie watson grandfathered uh the runaways but he that okay that looks like a side character um so it, it looks like this another life is one of his more prominent roles yeah where he gets more of a star a starring role yes okay. um I'm, I'm glad for him this is a oh yes great i role. so the character bernie martinez he has his faults he's kind of a mess up but i love him with all of my heart mm-hmm. he's definitely the the goofy friend the Oh, man, he's just fun and lively and mm-hmm. has a good personality. And, yeah, did he bring alien fungus on the ship that killed, like, three people? Yes, he did. But he didn't mean to be rude. He was doing his job. He needed to learn about the the stuff. And mm-hmm. If you imagine um, a bear in space, <laughs> that's Bernie. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, a, the animal a bear. I mean, like... You know, uh, a bear. A bear. Oh, a bear. Yeah. The, the LGBTQIA <laughs> bear. I usually slap on a plus at plus. the end of T and call it good okay. enough. I I normally just say the gay community, but I know that some don't consider themselves gay. Well, I think bear is pretty specific to gay men. Yeah. Anyway, that's another episode. That's um, a whole other episode. <laughs> but yeah, AJ Rivera as Bernie, phenomenal incredibly fun great job <clears throat> there's also a real fun character yeah named uh i forgot all of their names just now okay well <laughs> let's go down the list there's also sasha Her- harrison played by jake abel he plays um he plays in percy jackson <laughs> um <laughs> awful movie great book um yeah, he's like uh, he, Hermes kid or something. He's the bad yeah, guy. Yes, he's Luke. Um and he plays in the host, Grey's Anatomy for a minute. I am number four. Oh, that's oh, unfortunate. Um his biggest role 
is um, Supernatural. He's Sam and Dean's brother. That's his biggest role? Well, that's what I remember him by. <laughs> that in um, Percy Jackson. Fair enough. But I used to be a big old hard-on for Percy Jackson. Um, the books, not the movie. It sucks. Um, <laughs> but, uh. yes, him. His character is... Uh, yeah, he's a daddy's boy... Yeah. I'm rich. He's rich. Yes. Do what I say. I'm gonna tell my daddy. I'm tell you. I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like he he became an astronaut because he 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 seemed he genuinely wanted to be an astronaut, but he did it in a time where all you had to know is like the basics and like be fit, and then on this mission, the rest of the astronauts were incredibly smart, and he was just kind of there for diplomacy reasons. Mm-hmm. Because he is also a congressman. Yes. And, <clears throat> like, no knocking, you know, the actor, but the character is the square-jawed, I'm super buff, I yeah. do a hundred billion punches <laughs> a day so that everyone looks at me kind of guy. <laughs> he's very fit, he's good looking, but he's very classic. Like, mm-hmm. classically handsome. Yeah, in a way that it's almost kind of like, it's, it's 2,300 in this world or whatever, mm-hmm. who gives a shit. Why are you living in the 60s, in the 1960s, <laughs> Yeah, fucking weirdo? <laughs> well, uh, Jake does, Jake Abel does a really good job of making you not like Sasha very much. Like, I feel bad for him with everything that happens, but he's just so annoying. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, with Sasha, I think another thing that he does really well as an actor and to portray the character, and also just in the writing itself, is that it makes Sasha comes off, come off as, like, a person who could have been a good guy, like mm-hmm. a genuinely good person, if so many things had been just a little bit different, if he wasn't so everything else that he is. <laughs> but like, yes. there's there's potential in him in the fact in the way that he wants to, you know, go out and a, and attempt new things and help people and interact with people and mm-hmm. learn and grow. Yeah, like there's so much potential in him as a character, and the fact that that's the main focus. And that you see how much his potential was squandered in becoming sort of just the average dude bro. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like, you could kind of tell that he wanted to be this diplomat so that he could get back to Earth and take over some sort of power as um, president. That it reveals, like, his aspirations are to become the president. Um, And it, it seems like he wants to do it to make his dad proud. And also to show people that, like, hey, I'm good at this. Mm. I'm good at what I do. But then he gets a brain alien, (laughs) an alien on his brain, Mm. and hallucinates and starts revealing kind of maybe the deeper reasons why he wants to become president and, like, just he wants the power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like he definitely wants to prove himself. But it ends up being more of a, I want to prove myself to myself. I want to be able to do this without anyone. I want to be powerful mm-hmm. in my own right. And that that's an interesting character development from, you know, the this classic square-jawed, the, you know, pop-collar <laughs> fucko yeah. to someone who will go out of their way to find the means to prove to themselves that they're capable and that they deserve what they have. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's good writing and good acting. Despite whatever IMDb says, you fuckwads. Yeah, IMDb, you gave it, what, a 4.5 overall out of 10? 
Out Come of 10? on. Only only 6,366 people have voted. I just voted and I gave it an 8. I don't know yeah, how people, much that's gonna on. help, but hey, you know. You know the funny um, thing is what? Which this is gonna maybe is a bit something for later on, you know, final submissions, or whatever. This show, I would give it an eight as well because it hangs it like episodes hang around a seven and then jump to a nine mm-hmm. between like the same yeah, scene. Yeah, it, it has like <laughs> these amazing moments where the characters or the plot really just um are amazing. But then it's got parts that are just kind of, why is that there? Yeah, just real silly or like, what the heck's going on? Or why would you leave him there? Why on earth would you leave him alone in there? Exactly. Why would you leave <laughs> Sasha alone by himself on a foreign alien planet? Now he has a brain alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's next? <laughs> <laughs> so our next character is Oliver Sokolov. Oh, Oliver. He, Oliver. <laughs> I love him. So he is one of the engineers or mechanics. Uh, he works under August. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> but his, <laughs> his character or his actor is Alex Azarov. So he is from shows like The Americans, Natasha, Orphan Black. Uh, it seems that he might be best known for the Americans and Another Life. Um, he's on Bitten. I couldn't get into that. Um, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his character doesn't have too much development, but you do get to know him pretty well. He's really good at what he does. He's you know good engineer. Kind of quiet. Kind of withdrawn. Um, until him and August and Javier start, uh, becoming better friends. And he talks more to August and you find out that he has a girlfriend, but he's still just kind of, you know, you can tell there's more character that Mm -hmm. needs to be explored. Yeah. He seems very recluse and very socially inept. Yeah. Very like anxious. Mm-hmm. about being around people or talking to people but that you know develops and grows as he mm-hmm. starts to befriend these two fuckos yes he becomes more confident in himself and i really appreciate that mm-hmm. he's definitely one of the mm-hmm. you know the soft boys that you want to make sure survives and lives through the <laughs> horrible alien invasion yes yes i love him he's such a sweetheart um do you have anything else to say about Alex Azarov as Oliver so- Sokolov? Not until we get to the other two. Alex Azarov. Azarov Sokolov. Azarov Sokolov. Tell that, say that ten times fast. I can't say it once. Azarov Sokolov. Azarov Sokolov. Bakalov. Bakalov. Bakalava. That's a real thing. So we have, we've talked about Nico, Sasha, and Oliver. Now we're going to talk about William. William is played on played by Samuel Anderson, who is from Doctor Who as oh jeez, what's his name again? Um oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm where not a is Doctor it? Who oh, oh. Mm. So Good he's noises. the one he's he's the one who turns into a cyberman. Um okay, it's been a while, okay? Oh, Danny Pink. So he plays Danny Pink in Doctor Who. He's played on History Boys, Witless. Lady in the Van, uh, I don't know these things. Um, he seems to be a lot more, like, 
BBC based, but he is. Would you like to tell the folks who or what William is? Yeah, he's an amalgamation of uh, the captain's Twitter, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he's an AI from that is the consciousness of the ship that they're on. Uh, he, you know, runs the ship mechanically, digitally, whatever. And uh, he has this incredible character arc of n- not so much becoming a real boy, because he is cemented early on as being 100% fully sentient and capable of feeling and having emotions and all this jazz, uh, but more of just, like, understanding what it means to have mm-hmm. or experience those feelings and loss and, like, the exp- seeing a person experience love and loss and so on and so forth for the very first time but not as a child as a grown-ass man and that's really cool yeah uh also what i said earlier he literally went through her social media and pieced together the perfect man yeah what he yeah what he could gather was her favorite combination of appearance and wits and whatnot because she's you know, the captain. Mm-hmm. She, he's supposed to appeal to her in whatever ways he can. Yes. And some of his plot, most of his plot is he is the ship. He doesn't want to get broken or die. <laughs> and he's kind of in love with Nico Breckenridge. Yeah, he's well, in love I mean, with the captain. She treats him like a person instead of a ship. And mm-hmm. he really appreciates that. And then also they get steamy. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then it, it hurts the friendship, you know? You don't, you, you don't want to take... Too many risks with such a close friendship. Mm-hmm. Especially not one that is in charge of whether you breathe or not in space. Exactly. <laughs> and it was kind of weird since he was an AI and he made himself t- to look like her husband. You know, the more we talk about it, the wilder this shit gets. Well, good. Then people will watch it, maybe, hopefully. Hopefully. It's, believe me, despite all of the nonsense that it sounded like, it's actually very engrossing and very entertaining. <laughs> So, uh, you mentioned that after August is, or after William is August it's on the list? August! 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 We love you, August! Uh, Blue Hunt. Blue Hunt. I kind of like that her name is Blue. Blue. She is an American actress. Um, she's from the originals. Oh, I didn't know that. My mom loves that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Mutants. Um, Danielle Moonstar. Another Life. Stumptown. Um... This is it, one block away, and something called Girl on Girl, which... All right. Okay. <laughs> um, when she plays August, she is the head engineer. Mm-hmm. She's in charge of all the engineer and techie boys. Yes, for, for the squad one. Yes. So she's in charge of Oliver and Javier, who we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's... there's Honestly, there's not a whole lot going on with her other than... She seems more reserved and quiet Mm -hmm. at first, and then you learn, oh no, that's not who she is at all. Yeah, she kind of finds her voice, I think, real Mm -hmm. quick. Yeah, and becomes very uh, outspoken and very demanding. Knows what she wants. She knows. Um, But her her reasoning for being on the Salvari is her brother was on the Pilgrim. So, he was one of the people who passed away when Nico Breckenridge made the sacrifice to, um, like, cut off half the ship to save the rest of the ship. 
And so she she says to Oliver on one at, in one scene, she's there because her brother should be there. So she wanted to honor him and do it because she knew it was something he would have done. Um so she she has she has some character there. It seems like her characterization is mostly meant to be someone who's looked up looked at as underwhelming, mm-hmm. as maybe unimpressive and eventually reveals to be powerful and smart and just capable and willful yeah and maybe it didn't quite get to that final point Mm -hmm. but i think within the season two we'll get to see the the full development of august yes i i want to make a point real quick that um when i was looking up some information about another life there were a few people who uh, I noticed didn't appreciate the way another life depicted females because apparently to them it seemed as though it was just another space drama that showed women in skimpy clothes and I guess just showed off their bodies. But I didn't notice that at all. Me neither. So that's why I wanted to just say it real quick because there are a couple scenes where like Nico is just in like these boxer briefs and like a workout bra, but like she was like in like a sort of cryo sleep. They call it soma on the show. Or she was like just in the medical bay. So those, you know Content- like yeah, they could have probably put clothes on her, but it, it- makes sense within the context. Yes. It didn't seem uh as though it was obscene or mm-hmm. grotesque or unnecessary yeah. to whatever extent and the one character that they had on the show um michelle i believe who i felt like was supposed to be one of the more like i don't know fan servicey characters it's weird to say you, that for anything that is an anime <laughs> yeah but she was always wearing clothes except for like one scene so and, and I didn't. Sure. I didn't see what they meant. And I mean, there's some cleavage for her. Like she, she showed off some amount of her body, but it was never anything obscene. Yeah, it was never like mm, showy. I, you know, I'm a woman. Look at my boobs, sort of thing. No, it, it was just a fitted. You yeah, know, it was just white like shirt. Usually, I'm confident in my body. I like this shirt. Back yeah. off. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's an argument if someone you know explains it to me a little more thoroughly and exactly what they mean and what instances. They they would be citing. Maybe I could be swayed, but for right now, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I, I, I just saw it as like a quick scroll by of someone's comment. So mm-hmm. I didn't get the full... That's fair. I personally think it does a really good job with the women. Yeah. Making them it, it powerful shows... and independent mm-hmm. and uh, dynamic in yeah. ways that a lot of sci-fi shows don't. And Nico, August, and Michelle are like... I wouldn't say they're the main but they are kind of the main source of like strength and like smarts on the ship yeah those guys are smart or sure whatever but uh they're lame and dumb like if it was just the guys they would have died so long ago Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) anyways so uh so that's august Mm -hmm. i i like quite a bit yes me too august august August. i also like that name Mm mm-hmm Anyway. Anyways, 
Who is next on the chopping block? We got Javier. Oh. Javier, Javier. Javier, Javier I think Javier Almanzar. Hmm. Who is played by Alexander Elling. Elling. Ealing? Really? He is known for Another Life and Shadow Hunters. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're about to get sour. Oh, that's in the whole. Oh, boy. Woo! That is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we said podcast. that like five times this episode. So. Uh, and we've been um, saying another episode. There's another podcast. If you wanna Just... edit. <laughs> put a little side note in. Um, I am a very big fan of the Mortal Instruments. Not <laughs> a huge fan of the garbage that is Shadowhunters. <laughs> or the Mortal Instruments movie. Because, no offense to Cassandra Clare, she made an amazing book. But then when she attempted to have her book made into a movie, it was a completely different movie than it should have been. And also, Shadowhunters diverts from the movie, or from the, from, from, blah, blah, from the books. Um, the casting is okay, I guess. All I can see is Mike from Glee. Sorry, <laughs> you're not Magnus. <laughs> you're anything but Magnus. Um, and I don't like the actress who plays Clary. I don't know why. This version of Clary in Shadowhunters makes me just not like her. She just has one of those faces, you know? When that just it just oh happens. And then <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm I, uh, uh, she's probably a very nice person. I just I don't like her as Clary. And I I don't know. It's just uh, deep breathing exercises. <laughs> I cannot continue talking about this. So he only plays Teen Alec though, so he's only in it for like a clip. Um, but actually, he'd make a better Alec than the Alec they have. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so Alexander Ealing is um, Javier Elmanzaro. Nope, Elmanzar. <laughs> I looked away from the computer. Um. So, this apparently is only one of two things that he's been in, um, but I think he did a really good job. Oh, no, he was pretty spectacular. Yeah. He's, like we said earlier, he works for uh, August and oh. works with Oliver as an engineer. Mm-hmm. He's more of the uh, digital side of it, while Oliver's more of the mechanical mm-hmm. side of it, and they work in tandem to keep the ship running and uh please keep autumn. keep 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 august running too mm-hmm. um <laughs> keep her running so, real good <laughs> we'll get to that but so, i think the, the the scene that most developed his character was i mean there was a few scenes if you know what i mean but um the first scene was when they had this virus that got on the ship, the, the, the Salvari, from this moon that they landed on um, after they were trying to find oxygen, like little crystals to create oxygen with ice crystals. Um, it was attacking their nervous system, and if they didn't get rid of it, their nervous system would literally rip itself out of their body, which was a great <laughs> scene, by the way. Disgusting, but a great scene. Um... They basically do a homemade chemotherapy by flying real close to a sun or, um, what's it called? Uh, 
blue star blue, blue dwarf yeah uh, something like that dwarf star um and they get these gamma rays and then afterwards zane who is the doctor who we will get to because i freaking love um they say we're we're good but we're probably sterile now and then william who is you know all knowing is like yep you're all sterile you will never ever have babies any of you because radiation and javier gets really just real furious about this because he comes from a poor family doesn't have you know time to get his his sperm saved so he can later on have kids and and august is like oh why don't you get him saved and he's like well i'm poor (laughs) i'm not a rich kid like you um Uh. so that was a little development there showing that like he was really angry because he he probably wanted a family he's seems like the family guy yeah like showing his uh ties to the the you know that whole shtick that whole traditional i not even traditional just the desire for fire fatherhood firehood firehood <laughs> the desire for fa- fatherhood is a pretty powerful motivation for a character even if it isn't the primary source of motivation mm-hmm. I, and i think it shouldn't be i think having it as a thing that they have in in, in the in the you know back of their mind like I want to one day be this person and I need to go through whatever to first be this person so I can become that. I think that's always a pretty powerful message and to, to show, cause this is a young guy. This is a very young man. And this whole experience, you know, obviously caused a lot of emotional difficulty leading him to, to, you know, not be able to expand in that way. Uh, but it's okay. Cause he has other ways to grow and expand. Such <laughs> as with. Ha-ha! Uh, now that we've talked about the three, I'm going to, let's get into... You're going to say it? Yeah, let's get into that. I mean, that. if you haven't noticed what I mean, we've been hinting at... There Oliver, weren't even hints, they were just... Oliver, August, and um, Javier have sex. Oh yeah, it's uh, pretty steamy, pretty sexy, pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the best part? Uh, the face you made while you're eating flan. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like this font. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, this is a real interesting dynamic between the three of them. Mm-hmm. Starts off as a... Uh, like a rivalry. Yeah. Uh, where the, the two guys are obviously trying to compete for the lady's heart. and uh, yeah. Which, I mean, at first, Oliver does say he has a girlfriend uh, on Earth. But you later find out she's, like, over the internet. Mm-hmm. And Which, apologies what, to people who are dating over the internet, but that's... It's difficult. It it's doesn't con- feel real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not... I don't want to date a sim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And obviously this is, you know, we're not calling anyone out when they have these kinds of long-distance relationships to each of their own. It's just, it's difficult. And for some, it's nearly impossible. If you've managed to make it work, come fucking yeah. congratulations. But this isn't, you know, across country. This isn't uh, millions of miles away. This is, across. you're on Earth. I'm in, like, two galaxies away. And they've never really met either. So, like, it, their relationship is null and void. The contract doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the, the different zip code doesn't count. <laughs> the different galaxy doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, despite his 
you know, whatever romantic inclinations he's had before in the past. He's very interested in Aga, and uh, she's a very smart, very powerful girl, and uh, Javier is also into this, and they, they start competing here and there, and sometimes it gets a little messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some feelings are hurt, some heads are hurt as they fall down, because people are dumb, and guys fight in silly, silly ways. Yeah, and eventually, August... Or Oliver kisses August in just, like, a final act of, you know what? Like, I win. Which, that's a bad way to phrase it, but that's basically, he was just like, you know what? Forget all this stupid petty fighting. We're not in middle school. I'm just gonna take what I want. And he kissed her. And she did not mind. But then she immediately kissed Javier after. And Oliver was like, WTF? Like, why are you doing this? Hashtag triggered. Um, but, (laughs) but yeah, she's just like, she mentions it, I think later on in the, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this what we're doing now? Sponsored by Sprite. Not really, (laughs) but could be. Someday. She doesn't, I'm not sure if it comes up in this exact spot, but there's another point in the show in which she is communicating with the, the fellas and mentions outright that. She knows what she wants. She mm-hmm. knows what she's about. She and tells them. Yeah. She's like, I want you both. <laughs> and they take a few days to kind of like, they're still walking around the idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually it all, uh, let's say climaxes, <laughs> when uh, they all get stupid high on accident off of some uh, bad salad mm-hmm. from an alien world. Basically. Yeah, and it, it's not like they're high, like they're drunk or they're on LSD or anything. This drug just makes you more open to your feelings and yeah. to be truthful and honest. It, it's a truth serum, basically. Mm-hmm. Except it doesn't just make you more honest. It heightens your honesty. Uh-huh. makes you super honest. It makes you super sad, super upset, super happy, super yeah. horny. Everybody. Okay, hold on. It's not just this drug. <laughs> the minute those people got on that spaceship... Everyone was immediately so aroused. I don't know if it was the machinery. I don't know. Maybe they are just very lonely out in space. But every single one of them is down to bone the second they step foot on that ship. Uh, I'm telling you, space makes people horny. Or, in the next season, is it going to be a plot device? And they're going to say, hey, were you guys having a lot of sex on the Salvari? Um, maybe you shouldn't have because there was an alien pathogen on the ship that made you all horny. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's it's a very uh, scandalous sort of uh, who's with who, what's going on, who's trying to bone mm-hmm. with down with what. And uh, the answer is a lot of them with most of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- th- I really uh, I really like this, this uh, trio. I've always been a big fan of the this whole polyamory sort of nonsense and whether the three of them are in a, a thing or not like there's plenty of drama i think they're becoming a thing i mm-hmm. think in the second season we will see more of a development mm-hmm. yeah because for there's some moments where you see uh javier sort of pull away because uh honestly autumn just uh, autumn God you damn. keep saying autumn I august do. august i mean it's just more, they're, they're very close together they're very similar in not only in, sound, but also in theming. Yeah, in 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 season. In yeah, se- exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's in season, whatever. So, uh, August. There we go. 
she's maybe not the most sensitive to the to the fellow's feelings, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever. Uh, she's their boss, and she's lonely in space, and it's just, yeah. Whatever. Like it seems like at first she just wants to have fun, but after a while she starts to get feelings. Yeah, once the boys start, you know, to be kind of vulnerable and seem like they're hurt. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! The scene where Javier he gets hurt, and then he wakes up from this sort of coma. Um, August goes to find Oliver, and she's like, "Oh, he wants to see you," and Oliver gets. So excited that Javier wants to see him, and you can see his face light up. He's so happy. <sighs> they started out rivals, and, and they there. ended up lovers. <laughs> I don't remember if in there. You probably can't even hear when I said that. Oh, Try it again. Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they. Uh, I don't remember if during the menage a trois, if the the two fellows actually got intimate with each other it didn't show that it showed more of a she was with one guy for a little while and then the other guy would like sit out on the bench basically uh, like and they, they would make out with the well yeah they would make out at the same time but they wouldn't mm-hmm. <coughs> at the same calm. time yeah, yeah. or with each other they do kiss once in the show yeah at the very beginning of the of their little uh, tryst, little tryst, they make out for a little bit, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I like those two. Oh, like, they're so cute. <laughs> uh, and obviously, uh, I'm gonna be a big fan if they're a triad of sorts. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that very often. At least, not done in a way that isn't super mm-hmm. fucking lame. I always feel a little weird and uncomfortable when me as a female is like, "Ooh, I'm really into this gay man couple," because like. I feel like a dude who's like, hmm, girl-on-girl action, you know? But they're just so cute together, and they like each other so much, and they're so happy. Yeah, it's not that like you are like, hmm, look at these two hot guys. I hope that I can see them bone. It's like, oh, I look mean, at these two, <laughs> oh, look at these two, like, really in love fellas. I yeah. want them to be in love and happy together. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not against the other option either, but I really <laughs> do just love seeing them love each other so much. It's really it's good content. Good content. Great A content. Top tier shipping. Okay, so Zane. Zane. Zane Petrosian. But played by J.R. Tanako. So J.R. is known for Another Life, Rake, Always Be My Maybe, and uh, a f- like it looks like a few other shorts. Um JR, that's really interesting. Yes, they that's are. <laughs> JR, they are. Um, so good. <laughs> Their character is the ship doctor. Um, their character development. They don't need much character development. They're already so good. <laughs> um, they. Appear to be non-binary? I don't want to assume, but it's never really talked about. Yeah. It's always just like, hey, this is Zane. Don't worry about it. It's Mm -hmm. none of your business. Yeah, it never really gets brought up or really invested in. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, their gender is not really You don't always have to talk about 
I, no. In a in a Reddit post I found, it refers to them as a transgendered individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it never really comes up. Uh, they present in the show primarily as female, so it's that's very likely a transgender woman. Yeah. In the term, in terms of the uh, storyline and plot, but again, it's never brought up. It's never mentioned. No one ever says anything about it. And I, yeah, it's it's nice. It's a refreshing. Yeah. Yes, it's not like oh, we have to have a whole episode or half an episode based on whether or not this person is something or another. Mm-hmm. There's no like crisis of. Am I really a female? Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yes, you are. Cool. We're done with that. Next. Yeah. Yes. Um, and nobody, even like the stupid, awful characters, they're not like rude about it. They don't even talk yeah. about it because who cares? They just want power and to rule over everyone. <laughs> they don't care what you are. Exactly. It's just really nice to see uh, this, I don't know, level of characterization of, of a transgender character. Where the fact that they're trans isn't the main point of their character. The main point of Zane is they're fucking brilliant. They're just smart and sweet. And uh, and they they care. They're so beautiful. It's about so everyone on the ship. Yeah. And they're always so worried whenever someone comes in. And uh, then. Then there's a sexy scene with a fruit, with fruit. That I'm sure if you just Google another life, it'll come up. Um. They go to a foreign planet in Ali. Do you want to tell us what happens with a rambutan? <laughs> yes. Uh, our sweet boy. What is his name? Bernie. He uh, finds himself some exotic fruit. He's super excited because that's his job. Yeah. And he decides, you know, what if this was edible? Also, this is not good. You're doing, they're doing this bad. Yeah. They like <laughs> rub it on their skin. Yeah, this is this see is if a, it's poisonous. This is an old technique because you test it on your skin, see if some sort of rash or any sort of abrasion appears. You rub it on your lips, see if the same thing because your lips are more sensitive. And if it doesn't, it's presumed to be more likely to safe. Uh, but they're, you know, space scientists with special fucking technology. Don't just use old, like, eighteen hundreds. Col- yeah, col- colony-based medicine. Use a goddamn machine. Yeah, but <sighs> it makes for. The slightly awkward, but kind of cute scene. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Bernie takes this, this little, this passion fruit, if you will, and rubs it on their hand and then moves along and rubs it along their lips like a lip balm. And it's just real sensual and tender. Mm-hmm. And then they bite it and vomit. <laughs> yeah. Zane immediately spits it out. Um, it's, <laughs> it's when the tension between them starts to grow. Um, like at first, in the first part of the show, they don't even really interact that much. Mm-mm. And then they get on this planet and dang that fruit, you know, they <laughs> it just really sparks something because after that, Bernie something right. in Bernie's stirring. Oh yeah, ready to go. Uh may not have been a good for Eden. Great for uh arousal. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's this main uh, this duo, this this uh, couple right here, uh, possibly my my top ship. I don't know them and the and the triad are just neck and neck for me. They go mm-hmm. back and forth. You don't want to call it a thruple. I'm not gonna call it a thruple, no. But if you say it this way, thruple. Mm, thruple trouble. <clears throat> Continuing on. Continuing on. So um, yeah. Uh, Jr. Um. Zane and Bernie 
and then Oliver, Javier, and August were my ships, <laughs> and yeah. I was satisfied. They all came true. Like, when Oliver, August, and Javier were having all those emotional love triangle turmoils, I was like, oh, man, why don't they just all just... Get it all. And then they did. <laughs> and I was so happy. And oh. then, and then, um, JR, oh my gosh. <sighs> Zane, I'm sorry. I keep calling him by their human name, not their, <laughs> not, not their space name. Um, so Zane and Bernie get together and they're, where the thruple is like passionate and kind of cute and, um, whatever you know, uh, steamy yeah steamy sensual whatever zane and bernie are like just pure they, 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 yeah pure and raw and they feel like i don't know like, like a couple who's been together for ages mm-hmm. like one day you'll see them on a porch together in space mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so cute uh. bernie okay anyway um <laughs> continuing on we've already talked about eric he's the he's nico's husband and he works on the ship Earth works on the artifact on Earth. On Earth, um, there's a whole lot of him just trying to, I don't know, obsess over the the artifact, trying to get it to work, trying to get it to communicate, and he has a whole lot of issues with it. A lot of which have to do with him just realizing I need to dad more than I need to talk to aliens. Mm-hmm. And the aliens are like offended by it. Like, <laughs> oh, you'd rather pick your daughter over like knowledge. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. And then he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> that's that's um, the so, I mean, that's him. Yeah. And um, it seems him and uh, Nico have a very strained relationship. Mm-hmm. It seems as though at one point they were really close, but maybe work started to strain and get in the way of things. Mm-hmm. It seems that it's probably something along the lines of after her... This isn't really established explicitly in the storyline. I'm just making assumptions because I watch too much media and I can make assumptions now. <laughs> but uh, it seems as though her characterization is going along the lines of was very open, was very in love and passionate. And then after the Pilgrim blew no, up. No, she was on the Pilgrim and all that happened before she met Eric. Okay, okay. Then yeah, I honestly, I don't. at that point, I don't really know. Maybe it's just the fact that she's been She could cho- be bored. Yeah. Wants to get back into space. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of taking it out. Life's not as exciting as it used to be. She's no longer she's, an explorer. Yeah, she wants that adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Which, having a scientist for a husband. I don't know. That's pretty... Uh, <laughs> I'm about to be a scientist. Is all, you know, that's all yeah, saying. exactly. So having a scientist as a husband can be kind of... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then we move on to Kath Isaacovic. Kath Isaacovic. Who's this? <laughs> Played by Elizabeth Faith Ludlow. And... Oh, uh, Kath. <laughs> Kath. Kath is the... She's like a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, she was second in command, or is second in command, basically, for Nego. Um, and she, Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, is known for, obviously, another life. She's been in, um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, First Lieutenant Griffin. She's been in Walking Dead 
as a rat. She was part of Negan's crew. She was a bad guy. Um, and then it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as Isaac Mother. I don't know who that is. Max is Steel, Halt and Catch Fire, Satisfaction, Mr. Right, Powers, Hindsight. So she, but she's, she has a lot of, a lot of roles. Um, and this seems to also, on par with some of the other actors, be one of her more starring, star, pos- starring positions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Cass <laughs> so much. I, I know I've said that about most everyone so far. Nico's okay, but um, Cass is like the the soldier who used to be a criminal. And she made it out of that life now that she's, you know, in the military slash space army. And, oh, Fudge, what's it called? Um, space Force? Yeah, she's part of Space Force now. <laughs> um, uh, gosh, I want to be part of Space Force. You know, say what you will. That's just a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. Good branding. It's a fun name. Um, but, so. P.S. Fuck Trump. <clears throat> Being a part of Space Force has given her more opportunities in life, and she, you know, tries really hard. She's really determined to get things done, but she is also has that, like, she's self-conscious about screwing up and not being good enough because she comes from such a, like, criminal low background. Mm -hmm. Um, She also, you know, has this entire like mentor issue where her mentor mentor Nico is one of the most famous famous astronauts to ever exist. Yes. So she's trying to live up to this person who's kind of pushing her and helping her become who she hopes her to be. Yes. And she's concerned that what she wants her to be is more is a smaller, younger, blacker Nico. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um we we also forgot to mention that um, one of the other reasons she's maybe a little hesitant to be on Nico's side is because when Nico first, um, started the expedition with the Salvari and his crew, um, it had been previously run or captained by Tyler Hodgson's character, who plays uh, Yerksa, um, I'm not sure of his first name. I think they called him Ian? Yes, Ian Yerksa. Um, so Cass was in love with Ian, with Yerksa. And there comes a time in the show where Cass hasn't been woken up from her soma sleep yet, and Yerksa tries to kill Nico, so she kills him instead. And when, um, when Cass wakes up, Nico tells her all of this stuff, and at first, it seems like Cass is okay with it, like, she understands, maybe not okay with it, but she understands. She's like, oh, well, he tried to kill you, I understand, but then she, you know, starts thinking about it, starts waking up, and is like, oh, he was probably doing what he thought was best, and... Nico could be lying. I, you know, so she has also that struggle with being Nico's second when Nico killed the man she was in love with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, it's really interesting the the 
I don't know, emotional power dynamic, I guess, between Nico and Cass. Because despite the fact that Cass is very angry at Nico and very, I don't know, just vindictive, not even vindictive, just like wanting to prove something against them Mm -hmm. to them or whatever. It's also very much a, she needs her approval. Cass needs Nico's approval, no matter how upset and angry she is, no matter what happened between Nico and uh, Cass's boyfriend. And uh, it's genuinely unhealthy, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but it's a, it's addressed in the show. They have the this ongoing conflict and drama of, hey, uh, it's making me very uncomfortable to be working with and for you, and uh, it's making me self-conscious and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just keeps coming up in ways that seem pretty organic, even though maybe some of the times it's just like, hey, maybe you shut the fuck up and leave this poison area that you're in first. But okay. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's really good. There's a, an entire scene where they, again, walk into a forest, and the pollen there is that the, 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 the forest plants are secreting are super just drug mega drugs uh the same stuff that they ate while on the ship is what this pollen was producing and uh it caused the two of them to just hang out instead of you know get the fuck out of there because everyone in this ship makes the worst decisions when it comes to contacting alien life Mm -hmm. but other than that whatever uh and then they end up having this conversation under a tree where they get incredibly honest with each other in, like, a really gruesome, yeah. painful way. But they're so high that they're just kind of chill about it. Until they sober up. And they're like, oh, man, I said some things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, in the in the context, it was all honest stuff. Everything they said was real. But a lot of it had to do with the fact that for Cass, she's afraid that Nico's going to leave her in the dust, abandon her, you know, n- not... She's afraid Nico's gonna use her to raise herself up and move along without helping Cass realize her own potential. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she even mentions the fact that, you know, why wouldn't you abandon me? You abandoned your own fucking daughter on Earth. Which, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. that was a spicy scene. That, that was good. And then uh, Nico's all fired up on drugs, so she just laughs and is like, yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but the response from Nico, other than laughing at that, is just like, well, you know, to be honest, you're, you're, you're kind of a wimp, emotionally. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, you're your own worst enemy, she says. hmm And it's all about just how, like, she's capable. She's mechanically, mentally, very capable. But because of her insecurity, she just isn't enough. And the fact the, the fact that her insecurity about herself not being enough makes her not enough is a really interesting loop mm-hmm. that I think is a very honest thing. And uh, I don't know, just your mother figure, your mentor talking to you like that, and the entire relationship just becoming more and more muddled and confused as they've been in space is really riveting. Yeah. Um, I can sum up the rest of the characters real quick. Yeah. There's I've, not much to say about I feel like the rest of them... Of them yeah, our side well, characters. Yeah, Selma Blair, which plays in like 
Legally Blonde and a lot of a lot of other real good movies. Um, she plays Harper Glass, with it, which is just a real big like social media star. Everybody listens to her, like top of the food chain type of person. Um, she is the one who uh, people rely on most with like news and stuff because that's kind of like what uh, society has gone to now. And she works with Eric behind the scenes, kind of to like get information she shouldn't have out to the public. And then there's Jaina, played by Lena Renna. Um, and then Michelle Vargas. She's a, a part of the crew, so I want to just mention her real quick. Um, Michelle Vargas, played by Jessica Camacho. Um, she is the... She's also, like, a tech girl. She is the... Like like I said earlier, like, the, the fan service character, where she, like, shows a little cleavage, and, like, she's more, like... This sounds weird, but more, like, developed than maybe August. You know curvaceous <laughs> wears tighter clothes you know that sort of thing her and sasha kind of have a, a thing for a minute before he kind of goes crazy um and she dies a very heroic way um trying to save everybody from an explosion um gruesome so, as that too oh yes she just melts yeah she becomes a puddle of flesh mm -hmm. super and gross. the scene is really <laughs> it's hard to watch because it's gross but also because she gets to the room and Cass is talking to her over their like mic or whatever their yeah, walkie their yeah and she's like you know do not go in that room i'm going to do it you know because she knows that it's a suicide mission or that you're going to get really hurt. She doesn't want Michelle to do it. Because at this point, Nico is, like, sick from something or she's in soma sleep and Cass is in charge. She doesn't want anybody to die while she's in charge, while she's in command. But it happens and um, it really impacts Cass and her character with the, the self-esteem and, like, the I can't do it. I'm at my first time as a commanding officer, someone died. Um which is a really good scene. So that kind of sums up the rest of like more important characters. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Beauchamp. Beauchamp? Beauchamp. I forgot Beauchamp. There Beecham. it is. I uh. hate his name so much. <laughs> it is spelled like be like Beauchamp. <laughs> Beauchamp. Um, yeah, they they come in near the tail end yeah, of the, of the show. A scientist. Yeah. A, a very analytical, maybe third in command, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh the Spock. Yes, and for some reason, Cass doesn't like him. And I think that might be because when when Nico woke him up from soma sleep, she was doing it as a way to like make him substitute teacher, basically, for Cass. Because she's like, oh, you just watched Michelle die. You need some time. I'm going to have Beecham come in and be second in command until you're better. But, but Cass is like, no. Like, I literally can't stand this guy. I'm staying as second in command. Um, mm -hmm. But not, not a lot happens with him because he comes in so late. Mm -hmm. uh, you missed one character, which is a pretty important character. Uh, I don't remember their name. Uh, Pterodactyl alien boy. Oh my god, they're so cute! <laughs> uh, at one point, they do make it to the the alien planet they've been searching mm -hmm. for. And they get on there and... Canis Majoris, I think? I think so, yeah. Hi, Canis Majoris, or Majori. Yep. And uh, they, when they get on there, they 
don't really find a whole lot. They follow mm-hmm. a signal to a cave. In, you well, know, they find another artifact on that planet. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's much bigger, much more powerful. And when they finally find uh, a signal that they were able to track, instead of being the aliens they're looking for, they find another alien. <laughs> this uh, We're not the aliens we're looking for. <laughs> this... Uh, disgusting yet adorable you shut your mouth it is so cute she's like a cross between like a a spider and a pterodactyl and a bat and i don't i don't even know but she's just take a second she is so cute and if you don't do anything else just watch the episode where they go to that planet so you can see how cute this alien is yeah, I'm not gonna say I, I'm not gonna say I agree with cute, but they are one of the more interesting alien designs that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, their whole shtick, which they're not actually a character. I made that up. They're, I mean, they're a character, yes, but not important. The only thing is that I, I beg to differ. <laughs> the only thing about them is that when they meet this alien, they communicate with them and determine that the actual aliens that they're the trying, Akaya, they find the out Akaya are the ones that sent the the probes the artifacts and they sent one to this planet some time ago and then slowly took over the planet and mm-hmm. killed well, off yeah they like took over the aliens with excuse me with this like i don't know, they get inside their head yeah my spider probe yeah and uh pretty much everyone's dead mm-hmm. the almost the entire planet is gone to shit and uh they determined that the, the Akaya, Akaya? Akaya. Akaya have done this hundreds and hundreds of times across multiple galaxies mm-hmm. and star systems. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, becoming very clear there's going to be a Star Trek. They're going to need to find allies. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, they are told that the Akaya are not someone you want to seek out. That they are, they're bad. They're bad news. But bad back home on Earth... <laughs> Eric is having a sort of a different experience. Like, he's had negative experiences with them blasting basically sound waves out and kind of hurting people in, like, a defense kind of way. Um, but for the most part, he thinks they just want to talk. They just want to learn. So he's having a way different experience than his wife, who's being told that she's about to go to war with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see where this might go in season two, mm-hmm. to to see what actually happens. I think for our remix of this episode, we should just make predictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's the majority. Uh, what's your favorite? Let's say top two scenes. Oh boy, my top two scenes. Or top three, whatever. Cast coming out of Selma's sleeve. Um. <laughs> Perver. Okay, Cass is really attractive. Okay, leave me alone. Um, I think my top two scenes would be, I'm not going to say it was the scene, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say this. <laughs> Are you ready for what I'm going to say? Yeah. So. Are they all sex scenes? They're all sex scenes. No. Okay. It was going to be, but I changed my mind because that's too <laughs> weird. That's, a, that's a weird and pervy to say. So <laughs> I think my first favorite scene would be. The scene where Javier wakes up, and it's a very short scene. It's, like, three seconds long, but, and it, like, happens in the background of a more important ongoing scene, but when Javier wakes up from this horrible death coma, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, August finds Oliver and tells him, hey, Javier, the way he wants to see you, he's asking for you. And Oliver gets really excited and yeah, takes her hand. Yeah, and he's like, oh, my God, he wants to see me. <laughs> um, so I really like that scene. And I really like the scene where, this is going to sound gross, but it's the scene where her, it's a a crew member on the Falvari, but she doesn't really stick around very long. Stick around. Like, she's only there to die. That <laughs> that is her character. Um She's a red she, shirt. It happens. Yeah, she's she's really sweet, but she like never talks, you know, she doesn't really have any lines any or anything. Um, but she gets sick from the virus, which they take care of with the gamma rays, like I said. Um she gets sick with it and at first she's fine. Um <laughs> but then it like she starts getting the sweats again and seizing up and so zane's like oh hold hold her arms you know don't let her hurt herself so they hold her arms and she says her neck hurts and like on the back of her neck at the top of her spine there appears to be like a pretty abnormally huge sized like boil or like blister but it like keeps growing until like it pops and out comes like it's silvery which I think is because of being affected with the alien virus. But her spine, basically, her nervous system, rips itself out of her body. And the whole time, everybody's like, Whoa, what, what the heck is going on? And, you know, uh, she's just standing there. Because, I mean, she's in incredible amounts of pain. And also, she's probably not there anymore. But... <laughs> It it comes out of her, and then it, like, crawls. It is, like, sentient. Like, not, like, have... It doesn't have thoughts, but it crawls, moves along the floor, like, flops a little bit, and then dies. Because, obviously, it can't live outside of her. Mm-hmm. Um, That's wild. Yeah. And it's probably one of my favorite scenes. It sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually missed that episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably find a scene I liked better but that one just kept coming to me because it was just really visually like incredible to see like it was disgusting don't get me wrong yeah it's also very uh creative I guess in the fact that it's like here's this parasite that doesn't just destroy you kill you or whatever it brings your spine your central nervous system to Mm -hmm. life It it becomes another thing that needs to escape you violently yeah that's pretty fun (laughs) um they had a different sign like a different space biologist doctor guy i can't remember his name but he was only on it for like two episodes or eight episode because they had to figure out how to get rid of the virus um i really liked him he really tried to get rid of the virus um but he injected himself with what he thought would hopefully be an antidote. Turned out it didn't work. It was just making his, you know, symptoms worse. So he had Bernie shoot him out into space so that, you know, his nervous system wouldn't violently violently rip itself out of him so he wouldn't have to experience that pain. <laughs> um, but he was, he was a fun character. Nice. What was your favorite scenes? Your favorite two? Uh, okay, let's see. Um, 
One of them is definitely just the scene where Cass and Nico are under the tree talking. It's just savage and hilarious and engrossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is the sex scene with the three O. Yeah, the the, the, the three O. <laughs> Cheerio, the three O. <laughs> exactly, and like part of it is hmm, steamy, but also part of it is the fact that you know this kind of relationship isn't traditionally shown in a uh, positive light, mm-hmm. and it's not super positive in this show in itself. There's a lot of negativity with the way that you know uh, August kind of pushes people around in this particular scene. But it starts off very positive, very passionate, and uh, the fact that it is these two guys and this girl is also a thing that isn't really seen when it when you do see a uh, more. I'm gonna keep saying polyamorous, even though that's not really been established as their relationship. But that just <clears throat> excuse me, it just seems like the direction that they're going in. Uh, you don't really see two guys and a girl. It's usually a very male centric guy yeah. and two girl thing, and it's very just like about sex mm-hmm. and while this is more of a actually know, emotional yeah the, and even more so with between the two guys like they're emotionally invested in each other now after being rivals which is kind of fun and uh autumn or august is the one who is a little more i don't know sexually focused rather than the fellas and it's just a lot of things that are common to the trope that are kind of turned on their heads uh, to try to present something a little more positive, a little more in the right light. Uh, I'm not sure if they did a great job, but they did a damn good yeah. job. They have their issues, but... Yeah. It also was uh, spicy. <laughs> yeah, and like a couple scenes later, you see Bernie and Zane. And that is so sweet. Mm-hmm. They even changed the fucking mood light and getting all orange and warm <laughs> and tender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> yeah, those are my, my two favorite scenes. Uh, mostly just because of the, I don't know, the emotion they invoke of just like the the two girls discussing all of their most intimate, like desperate thoughts about each other, <laughs> and then these people putting themselves on a hell of a limb to you know experience this thing they're about to do, whether that's good or bad or whatever. Because uh, oh yeah, Oliver going into this threesome was a virgin. He got. <laughs> All sorts of surprised. Yeah, his, <laughs> his first time in the sack was... With Javier. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Not directly with Javier, but... I mean, it didn't show too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it, it, was, it was cute. It was interesting. It was sexy. It was fun. Uh, it was also, you know, pretty darn uh, decently choreographed. And uh, I really hope that the relationship blossoms into something more. Me too. Me too. Nice. So, I think our final summation is that you should watch Another Life. Um, It might not be, I don't know, the thickest plot or the most intricate. And you, some of you may find it predictable. But it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to watch. Yeah. I'm going to say, honestly, the plot is probably like a four or a five, to be honest. But the character dynamics, the relationships, the, I'm not really saying drama, but like the suspense to see where these characters go, that's a solid eight, mm-hmm. without a doubt. So, yeah, it's it's better than people are giving it credit for. Not perfect, but 
but it has a lot of potential. Yes, I agree. And hopefully that we see that in the next season. God, I hope I get it <laughs> the next season. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess we could try and finish this off the usual way. Did we learn anything? We learned that... Uh, uh, don't go into space. <laughs> don't take space drugs. And, um... Don't try to have sex with an AI who's in love with you. Yeah, that doesn't end well. No. Uh, also, I learned space makes you horny. <laughs> space makes you horny. I am horny for space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lovely time, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week with another episode about who knows what. My. We love you. <laughs>